You are listening to South Florida Sunday, and we thank you for joining us every Sunday morning. We always try to get very interesting guests and try to spotlight what's going on here in the Palm Beach County community. And today we scored big time because we have folks here from the Norton Museum uh, of Art, and we're so happy to have you guys with us this morning. I want to welcome, uh, first and foremost, an old friend, Scott Bennard. Good to see you again, Scott. Hello, Ron. What a surprise. I know. You were so <laughs> shocked when you walked in here. I was, and I am still. <laughs> Well, I've aged considerably, so I'm no, sure. No, you look that, great. You look great. It's and our too. rock and roll days. And it's good to have <laughs> you here. And also, we also want to uh, welcome Rachel Gustafson. Gustafson, I pronounced it correctly. Cause right. Welcome to our show. Thank and you. finally, last but not least, uh, we also want to welcome Matthew Bird. Now, you are all uh, with the museum, and um, we're going to talk to each individually about what you do there. And there's a whole lot of stuff going on in summer here in South Florida, especially Palm Beach County. Uh, I want to start with uh, Scott. Just a little background for those of us who go by the Norton Museum day in and day out and always say to themselves, gosh, you know, we should go in there. So we should take the kids and go in there sometime. Yeah. So if you have been going by the Norton Museum day after day on a regular basis, you have watched an amazing transformation, hopefully, Mm -hmm. and very, very curious about it. And if you haven't been in, you I hope uh, that uh, this transformation with the big uh, 19-foot-tall Klaus Oldenburg uh, typewriter eraser sculpture and the uh, beautiful way that the 80-foot-tall or 65-foot-tall 80-year-old banyan tree has been wrapped, uh, has been uh, incorporated into the new design of the the building. Uh, If that that, uh, doesn't um, get you, then hopefully the art inside will and all the programs will. Uh, We've been open for uh, five months since uh, this uh, three-year construction project, and uh, normally uh, in a normal year before construction, we would get about 103,000 visitors a year. We have surpassed that in five months already, probably wow. around 110,000 now uh, at the uh, the end of June, by the end of June. So so things are, are really, uh, uh, the, the community has really embraced the, 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 new, uh, the new building and the, the exhibitions. And so uh, if you haven't been, you're welcome, especially on Fridays and Saturdays when uh, the museum is uh, free to the public and on Fridays open till 10 o'clock at night. And uh, folks were interested in getting information about the museum, about fees and charges and hours and parking and that sort of thing. What's the best place for them to go? That would be Norton.org. Norton.org. Now, it's summertime, and um, I I have to say, I've spent a great deal of my career in in the Miami-Dade County, Broward area, uh, and only been up in the Palm Beach County area for two and a half, maybe the last three years. But it's uh, there's such a great sense of community in Palm Beach County. And, and there, of course, it doesn't hurt to have such a great downtown area with the waterfront and everything going on there and City Place, soon to be called something else. And we're but, right near there, and, for those who do not know. And Thank you. Yeah, Walking you're, distance. You're, you're right near there. Uh, so there are a lot. It doesn't hurt that there are a lot of great places to, to visit and go and, and events to participate. But the community really does support. And um, there are a lot of things going, especially in the summertime when it's just us locals. So there are a lot of things going on this summer. Right. We, we don't consider ourselves a seasonal institution or a seasonal mm-hmm. museum. Uh, there's programming all year long, uh, such as like Art After Dark, uh, which is every Friday from 5 to 10 p.m., and that's free, and that goes on all year long. Uh, and the exhibitions are, are uh, uh, on view all year long. They, they come, they go, they they're new, they're old, they, you know, like we're going to be talking about some new ones soon. Yes, uh, thank you. I was going to ask you, Rachel, now you are a co-curator 
And uh, tell us what that means. And you've got some amazing things coming up, too. We do. We actually have four different exhibitions opening this summer, um, two of which I've had the honor of working on with uh, other curators on the Norton team. Uh, the first one just opened rather recently, See and Be Seen, Picturing Notoriety. And it has all different media. It has prints. It has photographs. It has video. And it all looks at the notion of celebrity, how one becomes famous, how images play a role in that, how we as consumers of those images relate to the idea of celebrity. And so um, it runs a large period of time. The oldest work is from the 1600s. Uh, the most recent work is a, by a video artist out of California that was made just uh, a few years ago, 2015. Actually, isn't the most recent work a selfie that a visitor can take in there and uh, have posted on the That's screen? right. That's right, Scott. So we have a really interesting social media component in this one particular show where if you use the hashtag on any social media platform, uh, hashtag Norton Now, you'll actually be incorporated, your post will be incorporated within the show itself. So you can be seen within the show, see and be seen and be part of the celebrity phenomena yourself. Um, and there's another show that's opening recently, too, called Small Worlds, Five Centuries of European Prints and Drawings from the Collection. And so that's also a really interesting grouping of works, uh, mostly of the European tradition, uh, that are made, that are prints, so reproductions or unique drawings. Uh, there's works by Goya, Courbet, Manet, some really heavy hitters of the the Western art history canon. Um, and then the other show that I'll talk about before I hand it off to Matt is a Toulouse-Lautrec uh, poster exhibition. Uh, you might be familiar with his uh, French posters from the fin des Seal era in Paris, <laughs> where um, all these famous dancers became famous because of his posters and, and other paintings and illustrations he did to really um, widen the widen the um, exposure of, of celebrity in that time. So a nice correlation, which brings us to the, the next show, which has a great correlation uh, to see and be seen in the idea of celebrity, which is coming soon. And I came in from the outside. I'm not normally attached to the Norton, but I've put together, this is the third summer show for them. One years ago was the uh, Wheels and Heels, the history of Barbie dolls and Matchbox cars. <laughs> and then more recently, uh, Going, Going places. places, which was a <laughs> transportation design document. So these are sort of larger, uh, fun, slightly less serious summer shows. And, and this summer's is, I think, going to be very popular. It's coming soon, uh, film posters from the collection of Dwight M. Cleveland, who is a, a poster collector from Chicago, who used to have 30,000 posters, whittled it down to the 8,000 most important, and we've gone through all 8,000 of those to choose just over 200 that uh, should be really exciting to see at the Norton this summer. Now, I, I just like to say one thing, that every time they say it's Dwight Cleveland's collection and he lives in Chicago, I can't help laughing that a guy named Cleveland lives in Chicago. <laughs> I know, that's just my warped sense of what I think is funny. Well, that's why you're so quirky. Yeah, right. Um, and I, on the other hand, have worked with him all year and didn't notice no. that. <laughs> Not once. There you have it. And never, and probably never will utter those words. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. Um, we got a lot of time to fill, so it's good. <laughs> now, I, I was going to ask you, because I, I was kind of holding off to talking, because once we got into movie posters, I was afraid that no one else, the two of us were going to run off, and the rest of you would never get a chance to get a word in edgewise. Um, That's but, okay. Talk but, away. Yeah. <laughs> we, want, we want everyone to be fall in love with movie um, posters and come see right, the exhibition. Come see them. Now, is this something that you've been interested in for a very long time? And, and if so, what kind of a pilgrimage was it like to be able to go through these posters? And then the third question, how hard was it to narrow it down? Those are three completely unrelated questions, <laughs> so I have to answer them separately. I have no expertise in film uh -huh. whatsoever, which in many ways, uh, 
right. makes me the right person to do this because I didn't come in with a bias. And, they and that's, that's one reason. Uh, it, it, the job was to create a, a, a really exciting show for the Norton Museum using mm-hmm. a collection. And so the Norton Museum had a certain set of interests. The collector had a different set of interests building his collection. I researched the history of, of movies and movie posters and sort of assembled something that tells a, an interesting narrative and accomplishes those other goals. And almost, and almost from a layman's Yes, absolutely. It's, uh, so I, I'm a design his, historian, and I teach industrial design in Rhode Island. That's where I live. But one of the things I like doing is working on shows for art museums that are design-related, which is a difficult thing for museums to incorporate. <laughs> uh-huh. Most museums don't have a way to sort of think talk about a, design. They talk about narrowing your career possibilities, well, that guy. <laughs> why, why, why broaden things, yeah. Uh, but as a result, it's the, it's the narrative and the storytelling and the, the matching the collection to the institution that's sort of the, the, the juggling act. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the understanding the actual topic it can be acquired along the way. But also, I'd like to add from what I, something I learned uh, is that the collector, Mr. Cleveland from Chicago, uh, he began collecting not because of necessarily a love of movies, but a love of the poster as art. Oh yeah, which makes it even a a more appropriate uh, mm-hmm. exhibition for the for the Norton to uh, to to show. And in particular, the older the older uh, posters and. Work. And that's something that's really I've fallen in love with in, in working with this collection. There are all of the obvious things you'd want to have in the show. There's a Breakfast at Tiffany's poster. There's the Seven Year Itch poster. There's you know Cleopatra poster. Famous, iconic images. But for me, the posters that are more exciting to look at and consider are the forgotten movies, and many of them are lost from the silent era. The posters are incredibly vibrant and exciting. They had to be. They, in many ways, <laughs> much more so than today. We have a picture of a scene from a movie. They couldn't reproduce color photographs in the earlier days, and the movies were black and white. So how you make an arresting advertising that would get somebody to want to give up their money to sit through a black and white film, that poster had to be really exciting, and they are. And so all of these movies you've never heard of and couldn't watch today if you tried have <laughs> posters that really make you want to watch them even you know, 100 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you notice, or is it just my imagination, uh, I think we talked a little bit about this in the lobby, the size of, of everything in our society. Newspapers have shrunk. Uh, containers of ice cream have shrunk. Well, you noticed uh, that, too. Yes. Cookie containers now hold less, but the price is Cereal the boxes. Exactly. Uh, but uh, uh, we were talking about how huge, as you were saying, they had to uh, get your attention. They were huge. Have you noticed a, a real shrinking of movie posters That's over a, the years? There's, there's a funny equation involved, because the, the real answer would be no. There's been no change. The one sheet, which is a particular size, is still the most popular movie poster size because we use it in lobbies of our octoplexes. And in the older days, there were many, many sizes. Before there were even billboards because we didn't even have cars or highways yet. There were many sizes that would work in a store window in the movie lo- in the theater lobby outside the movie theater. And what artists had to do was figure out how to communicate at multiple scales using multiple different printing technologies. So they didn't have good ways to reproduce photographs. How could an image work really well, huge, but also very small? Or what variants of the sort of advertising program could be used on different sizes? And then as we developed our ability to print using photography, the artistry disappeared, and it became more about how arresting the image was. Uh, what I think is interesting today is we now need to communicate in pixels. So there might be a tiny, you know, in, in the era of VHS tapes, mm-hmm. movie posters had to also work on the cover of a tape, which seemed impossible. It was so small. Mm-hmm. Then we moved to DVDs, which were even smaller. Mm-hmm. And now it really has to be a thumbnail size 
image, a one-inch square image on Amazon or on Netflix and, or somewhere. And still be vivid. And still be vivid. And mm -hmm. so in many ways, it's the same struggle that movie poster artists had in the teens and 20s, how to get something that works really well at multiple scales from a distance and attract your attention. And to be honest, I, I'm sure uh, in addition to... Uh, using color to promote black and white and this i'm sure there was a certain amount of embellishment that maybe went on in <laughs> in some posters as well it, uh, some scenes that never quite made to oh, the movie absolutely. Yeah. And, and in the early days also poster artists were not attached to the movie studios so they would be given maybe a description of the plot but more likely the title and the lead stars in an image and that's it. So it's almost entirely fiction and fantasy. And I've been watching as many of the movies in this show as are available this year. Oh, wow. Especially the silent films. I just yeah. thought it would be really fun to, to see how unrelated the poster might be. And it's pretty amazing. There's a huge poster for Caught in a Cabaret, which is an early Charlie Chaplin movie. I don't think the movie could be less interesting. <laughs> seen from today. You know, in the early days of moving pictures, it probably was exciting. But just to see but, images moving on a screen was fascinating. Yeah, but the poster is, is just hauntingly beautiful. It's not exciting. It's a very timid poster, but it's, it's a beautiful illustration with really rich colors. It's enormous, mm -hmm. and it, it's totally unrelated to the movie. I think, I think uh, another, another aspect of the exhibition that, that we should uh, note is the fact that many of the posters come from around the world, mm -hmm. and how um, uh, foreign artists and, uh, uh, you know, uh, depicted these movies, Foreign these American studios. films or, or other European films uh, to, mm -hmm. to advertise in, in countries like, what, Czechoslovakia and uh, Poland and places like yeah, that. There, there are two different areas uh, where this is on view in the show. The back wall, which is a huge wall, is completely covered with posters for American films from other countries, from Japan, from France, from Germany. And you get to see how our ideas about what mattered in the movie, the plot, the glamour, the relationships, the romance, were interpreted in other cultures, which is really interesting. Right. But then another section is looking at uh, being able to really compare what happened when posters went to countries that had very different interests. So there's a, a Polish poster for uh, Sunset Boulevard and the American poster for Sunset Boulevard next to each other. Oh, cool. And the American one is promoting a story of an aged uh, screen screen star and it's all about Gloria Swanson <laughs> and the Polish poster is Gloria Swanson as a Medusa with crazy uh, snake hair and it's silk screen so it's really rich vibrant Beautiful. colors I've seen they're it. almost unrelated and it's because <laughs> in Poland it was uh, it was part of a nationalized system to promote entertainment and to have artists create new artwork for posters. Wow. So there were, it wasn't the studio trying to sell a film. Mm -hmm. It was completely unrelated equation, and the posters right. are really remarkable as a result. Wow. Also, I think we've actually forgotten to say when this exhibition opens. Uh, which I was going to be my next question. <laughs> oh, good. I, I Go on, I'll let you ask this. it. Go on, ask them. <clears throat> so tell me, when will this exhibition begin? <laughs> How do oh. I do? Okay. No, now I'll you don't it. have an answer. No, I do have well, an answer. You're a lot of help. Uh, uh, hey, I know when it is. <laughs> I know when it is. It's it's July twelfth. It's July twelfth. Friday, July twelfth. This mm -hmm. coming Friday. Mm -hmm. And uh, not only does the exhibition open, but good old Matthew Bird here, ex curator extraordinaire, is going to be giving a talk about the oh, no uh, way. the uh, the exhibition at six o'clock on uh, July four uh, July twelfth. Yeah. Right? And the show's open through October 29th. And so Rachel, are you giving any talks on any of these? exhibitions 
part? No? Well, no? You know, I, I'm glad you mentioned Rachel, because, Rachel, I wanted to get back to uh, what you were talking she's about. She's the smartest one in the room, actually. Well, that goes without saying. Yeah. There's a bunch of guys in here. Right. Um, <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're talking about this exhibit, and, and something I wanted to ask you about, you were talking about celebrities through photographs, and you said some of the photographs go back to the 1600s. Um, it seems to me probably one of the single biggest influences on celebrity and photographs recently is the internet. Right. Uh, and how big are the changes that you've seen in your research for this exhibit? Have, have you seen a huge increase or a difference in the way celebrity and photography is is being utilized just in the last sure. couple of years? Well, that, that work from the 1600s is actually a print, and it was a print um, that has a few different layers to it. It was originally a Van Dyck drawing of a French painter named Jacques Collot, and then another artist named Voisterman took that drawing and turned it into an etching so it could be reproduced and distributed in a book wow. because people wanted to see what Jacques Collot, the famous French artist looked like. Um, and he was in a book with many other celebrities of their time. Um, and, and there was a real drive or consumer desire to see what these people looked like that they've read about in the newspapers, perhaps, but never had gotten a chance to see because it does predate the mm. photograph. So the etching, in a way, does predate the idea of, of showing someone's likeness and being able to distribute it widely. Um, so that's why we included that object. But you can think back to Julius Caesar and his idea of putting his own face on a coin. I mean, that's the beginning of des the desire for uh -huh. people to Celebrity. see what the notor the notorious no look like and it doesn't it's the good and the bad we have um a time magazine cover of al capone also in the exhibition but we also have a picture of uma thurman all dressed up as uh her i guess femme fatale uh, role in, in pulp fiction um but we also have uh, works by more contemporary artists such as vic munez who used um uh, a series of of, co of paints of uh, codes of color to rearrange it to make it appear to be a Van Gogh sunflower painting. So this idea of contemporary response to celebrity and that mm -hmm. um, Van Gogh is a, is a famous artist, his work is, is very well known, but perhaps what Van Gogh looks like right. isn't really well known. And so this idea of showing something that is, is popular in the mainstream and how people then are able to translate it or communicate do you have a that. do you have a fa this is Scott yeah. do you have a favorite work of all the in that in that particular exhibition well it, it goes back to the question of the of the internet and mm -hmm. I think it is this video work that I had mentioned um, by Lauren McCarthy she's a California based artist uh -huh. and she has a work in the show called Friend Crawl where over uh, a period of five days she spent ten hours a day looking at people's uh, social mm -hmm. media pages and deciding if she would want to be friends with them. Um, for your younger listeners, that kind of friendship would be, be called IRL, which is in real life. So <laughs> she'd look at people's social media pages, their online presence, and determine if she could be in real life friends with them. And that speaks to celebrity in, in, in a very poignant way because now, people can be celebrity without the media. We don't need the distribution unit anymore because we can go straight online and make that on our own and yeah. many people have done that and been successful in doing it oh, well I'm old school and there is a photograph of Johnny Weissmuller <laughs> 
the, one of the, the best the Tarzan. Tarzan there ever, ever was yeah. of all the Tarzans. And I saw that picture, and I, I just had flashbacks to my childhood yes. of watching Johnny, Weisswell, Johnny Weissmuller mm-hmm. swing from the vines yes. on television. And, so. and that's a photograph by George Harrell, who's one of the most iconic uh, photographers of what you consider old Hollywood glamour. Mm-hmm. And so we have his work, George Harrell's work, counter. Uh, on a counterpoint to mm-hmm. someone like Laura McCarthy. So it's a really interesting and diverse um, exhibition. We thought it would be easy to pair with Coming Soon and that we could just do celebrity portraiture, but why do that right. when we can make it a little more complex? So um, those two together really make a, a good counterpoint to one another, I think. You didn't right. get to know you were going to get this kind of conversation. This about is, hey, look, you cool know what? Art. I just, uh, this <laughs> is, I ha- I'll be, I know as corny as it sounds, one of the highlights of my day is to be able to talk on this show because it's it's really reassuring to me because especially a lot of what I do here is news and there's not a lot positive going on in the news so it's really kind of reassuring to sit and, and just have a nice pleasant conversation in the middle of my day with folks who are interested in one way or another in making their community a better place and it, it reassures me because it, it reminds me that there are people uh, that are interested in making their community a better place, but they're so damn busy doing it, they don't have time to jump up and tell everybody how. Well, you know, I'm so I'm really uh, I'm delighted you said that because that's what the Norton is for us. The uh, the staff at the Norton, we, we view it as uh, I view it as a refuge. I re- mm-hmm. view it as a haven, a place where people can come and feel welcomed and feel that they can they feel a sense of freedom to to kind of uh, interpret art as they as they want and appreciate art in their own way. You don't have to have a, an art history de- de- degree to, right. to feel you belong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm so glad you, you, you put it that way because we feel the, the, the Norton is, uh, is, is a positive asset to the community in many ways. And uh, that's why we, we've made it free for uh, two two days a week, uh, Fridays so and cool. Saturdays. Especially here during uh, the, is it just during the summer? Uh, no, all, all through the year, throughout oh, wow. the year for years to come. It's yeah. going to be free on Fridays oh, and Saturdays. Wait, wait till um, they hear this. Also, uh, I just wanted to mention one other thing yes. for, for, for those uh, who want to want to come on Saturday mm-hmm. that the um, uh, the day after the opening of the coming soon film poster exhibition is our annual Bastille Day celebration where we celebrate the amazing uh, uh, collection of uh, art by uh, French artists in, in the collection French impressionists uh, and others uh, and that will uh, include uh, that, that runs from uh, noon to five on Saturday July 13th the actual Bastille Day obviously is July 14th but we will have uh, French music uh, provided wow. by uh, the French Horn Collective from Miami and uh, Opera Fusion is also going to be performing. If you want to try the French game of Petanque, that little kind of bowling game out on the lawn, we've got that as well. <laughs> and uh, a lot of uh, possibilities to uh, to make art related to uh, the, the French artists and the French artwork in the collection uh, and on and on. French food, French wine. Wow. And, and French it's free. fries. French fries. <laughs> you know, I'm going to suggest that, the menu Ron. the restaurant. You know, yes. uh, they have, yeah, they, we do have French fries uh, uh, with a small F. Uh, yeah. But... Um, but <laughs> We, you know, but I, I'll see if we can arrange a special uh, one in a, in a red, white, and blue cup for you. Well, I, I really do appreciate the extra effort. It's you know, we're talking about celebrities. See, that's yeah. celebrity has privilege. Yeah, it's true, and I'm, I'm going to get you. Uh, would you like some vinegar with that? <laughs> now, before we wrap up, um, is, is, I want to give each of you if an opportunity. If you haven't mentioned something that you want to share with our audience, to go ahead. And since Scott's been hogging the microphone, yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to jump back in because there's please. one. Feature we didn't mention. Just 
there, all through the summer, there are screenings of sort of iconic or classic or even just weird and amusing movies to match, d d to support the Coming Soon show. So we're, sh we're showing Attack of the 50-Foot Woman and Dracula and Snow White and Grand Hotel. Uh, Grand Hotel is on July 12th, so that's really soon. And then they'll keep running through the rest of the show. And that's the original? The, well, not yeah, the original. Yeah, 1932. Wallace Beery? Yeah. All right. Wow. Well done. You 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 win a you win a, a star. <laughs> uh, so that those will be uh, that that's a sort of a great other event. And all the information is on the Norton's website. There is also a lecture series in concert with the exhibition, and there will be other events throughout the run of the show. Wow. So it's worth ch it's worth checking in. Yeah. So much Norton.org. <laughs> worth checking. Norton.org. Excellent. Rachel, anything you want to add before we wrap up, before these guys get back on the mic? Well, I'm also doing a lecture for coming soon beyond uh, what Matt's doing on opening night that looks at this idea of um, how women are portrayed in film posters. It's a particular history that I think is worth looking at um, and seeing how the female form is portrayed or sometimes um, not portrayed. Uh -huh. um, and so I think that'll be an interesting one wow. to talk about. But there's also um, trivia that'll be happening throughout the summer because we are doing so many shows that relate to pop culture. Uh, so we just did one um, about uh, more celebrity in Hollywood, but we'll do another one about movies and then another one actually about art history. So if you are if you love trivia and you have uh, something you'd like to prove at the Norton, come on out and answer some questions for us. Um, and the other thing to your point earlier about um, the idea of, of commitment to the community and the transformative power of art beyond these special exhibitions that are on view, we do have five collecting areas that um, really begin with Neolithic Chinese objects and run into contemporary art. And I think we're really unique in that way in the South Florida community. There's not many museums that have that encyclopedic In the approach. whole Southeast, in fact. Right. And so if you haven't been lately, um, I, I highly encourage you to just walk our galleries. There might be something you didn't even know you were in the need of seeing that yeah. we may be able to share with you. And, and if you have your own time to share, we do have a very um, exciting and robust volunteer program. So if you'd like to give your own time to the Norton, we always need um, an extra set of hands and some oh, some open hearts to join us in our efforts um, and our mission. And you can go to Norton.org to um, sign up to be a volunteer there as well. Awesome. Thank you for mentioning that because we always want to talk about vo volunteerism and what we call donation of time, talent, and treasures. So thank you Beautiful. for that. Scott, anything to add? I, I think I've spoken enough. <laughs> I, I, I would like it. I would like to end on a female voice. So Rachel, say something uh, else so we can like end on a female. It's voice. my show. It ends on my voice. Oh, that's true. That's true. Sorry. We, we are also on social media. So yeah. if you do want more information beyond what's uh, on our website, and the website is uh, Norton.org, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Norton Museum of Art, and on Twitter at Norton Museum. 